Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Saturday. 
Uh, Saturday service, Friday night service rather, starts at 7.30. Saturday starts at 4. We are going to have an evening service, not a night service, uh, for those visitors getting back to their own church on Sunday morning. So it can be fresh. So 4 o'clock, an hour and a half before then, we'll be starting sharp, right on time, uh, the prophetic presbyteries for those that has registered. You must be there. You must be on time. So we can get everything uh, put peep in place. You know who you, uh, what team you'll be a part of, and they will go forth and begin to articulate the heart of the mind of God to you. Um, so that's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning uh, at 10 a.m. Uh, so uh, we invite you. If you know anyone that is challenging their bodies, anyone challenging their marriages, challenging economically. Uh, oppressed, depressed, get them here. This is uh, going to be uh, a supernatural move of the Spirit of God. I believe that there's going to be impartation, that God is going to impart to you, or God is going to release upon your life. I'll use that word that apart. Release upon you uh, the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit, which is going to break all satanic and demonic and fleshly yokes that it has barked you down for years. So you need to be a part of this meeting. If you uh, 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 know anyone that is challenged, um, I'm probably going to have the uh, men of God to pray, uh, the men of God, uh, bring bottles of oil. And I'm just getting this now. never came to my spirit, but I'm just getting this now. And we're going to uh, pray over them. Release those, release them to you. Bring bottles of oil and bring handkerchiefs, and um, we're going to have these men of God lay hands upon them and releasing the miracle flow, that presence, that anointing, that's going to saturate and permeate uh, that place, and uh, we believe everything in it is going to be saturated the presence of God. And my prayer to God, and not just because you hear this all the time, that when you leave there, you're not going to be the same. And the only, only way you will not be the same that you have encountered Jesus. That's the only way. Not because you're going to be in the meeting, but because you have encountered Jesus. Come looking to encounter Jesus. Do not come looking at a man. Do not come looking at the person of a man. It's the grace of God that works in men. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're seeking. That's what you desire to partake of. You want the grace that's at work in the men of God. So if you come wanting the grace, to partake of the grace, to apprehend the grace, God is going to meet your need. But if you come spectating, speculating, just looking at men, then you're going to miss it. You're not going to be able to get what you need. You're not going to experience the Lord. You experience a man, but you won't experience him. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us, we are who we are by grace and grace only. So therefore, if, I don't want you to miss your blessing. I want you to come with the right mindset, the right attitude, right mentality, right disposition. And I believe that God is going to move mightily uh, on your behalf. One thing I, I learned years ago is when I needed something from God, and I used to tell Panorama this years ago when we first started the ministry, if you need something, just put it in the air. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody. I've never seen it fail. Put it in the air. And 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 guarantee you that God is going to answer the question that's in your heart. I've never seen it fail. He's going to answer what's in your heart. Say, God, I need an answer to this situation. I need an answer to this situation. Either prophetically God's going to speak to you or God's going to speak to you prophetically through the word of the Lord that will be preached or taught. Or the prophetic presbytery. Don't, 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 this is, this, is, this is good here. Don't manipulate the prophetic. What I mean by that, don't put a demand on God to answer you. And what I mean by answer you, put a demand on God to give you the answer to his heart concerning you. And because a lot of people say, I'm coming for a confirmation. Then you don't want to hear the heart of God. You don't want to hear the mind of God because the mind of God may not be a confirmation. So so we, we have to learn how to stand before men and women of God. 
Stand before them with an open heart. God, I want to hear your heart. God, I want to hear your mind. Because the Bible says uh, 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 in the book of Jeremiah, are you seeking one to talk? I forgot which passage. The scripture says, God said, I will answer you according to the multitude of the idols that's in your heart. So God will give you an answer, and it will answer what's in your heart, but it won't be the answer of God. And then you'll go away thinking that God has affirmed and confirmed when it really wasn't. God already knows you didn't really want to hear his heart and his mind. You wanted God to confirm the idol that was in your heart. So we have to learn how to stand before men and women that is prophetic. My prayer to God that all of us will get this today as we're hearing uh, what the Lord is articulating. And so, but so many people don't, so many people is frustrated, aggravated, has made tremendous mistakes because God did answer them according to the multitude of the idols that was in their heart, but they never got the mind of God. God gave them their own mind, and they went away, and those idols uh, manipulated them. So therefore, learn how to stand and before prophets, a prophetic presbytery, uh, uh, anytime somebody speak and prophet in your life. Uh, uh, before you leave home, pray a prayer. Father, uh, uh, speak to me tonight about this matter. Reveal your heart and your mind to me about this direction. And the Bible said that God will give you the answer. Let every word be established by two or three witnesses. He know how. He loves you. And he didn't tell you uh, uh, to ask for a confirmation. He said he will give you a confirmation. Let every word, the scripture says, be established by two or three witnesses. He know how to answer what's in your heart. He know how to do that. So once again, those of you that have uh, any questions, you can call in. I have a regular call, uh, guest call in number. is area code 347-237-5493. And uh, our 1-800 number, you desire to uh, call in and have any questions, uh, 877-537-3321. Uh, that is our guest calling number for those that desire to a ask any questions. Uh, on yesterday, uh, I was sharing some principles with you. Uh, really, it was kind of like for, uh, about spiritual warfare. I had got a text from one of my uh, spiritual sons, one of my leaders in the church, and uh, and had a long talk with him today. And uh, it's just fascinating um uh, uh, how we can get so locked down and bogged down, and and it, it's sort of like we try to make God uh, do something that He don't want to do. And I was having this long conversation with Him, and uh, uh, assuring Him. Sometimes I'm put it this way: we have a tendency to admire everybody else's gifts, but our own. We have a tendency to mind everybody else's talents but our own. Uh, uh, and, and so the enemy manipulates us uh, not to be grateful and thankful for who we are and what he called us to do. Well, I, I want to do this right here, but God's been calling you to do this. And then we get upset, we angry, I want to do this. I feel like my life is not going anywhere because I'm not doing this, I'm not doing I'm not doing enough. We, we, we're so religious that we're no good for ourselves. It's, it's just fascinating to see what, how the enemy manipulates us. It bothers me to see that there's no free flow. And then, and, and then we'll say, well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not free, and there's no freedom. Freedom is in Christ. If I'm bogged down, bombarded, I have to ask myself this question. If the Spirit of God is in me and I'm, um, and I'm experiencing this, it's only one reason I'm not submitted to the Spirit. I'm not yielded to the Spirit. So let's, let's try to expose some of the manipulation of the powers of darkness that's been arranged against us. Let's pray that God will grace us to see tonight 
that he will open up our eyes and give us eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to receive, and a mind to comprehend. Let's believe that God will allow us to come to the place and learn how to rest. And and, and one of the things uh, I was sharing, I said, uh, the, the, the message on the anatomy of man, the average person would be grateful, thankful, and appreciative. We get this, and we're we're not we're not grasping or comprehending. It's just another message. It's just like uh, a panorama. Uh, the prophetic God is stirring us back up again. But I remember one particular time, and it bothered me, and I allowed myself to sin against God because the prophetic is so prevalent that it, it's, it's common, it's natural. And so we have a tendency to, to, to be ungrateful and unthankful and unappreciative. And when everybody else, God, I wish I had that. Oh, God, I wish I had that. Ladies and gentlemen, God sees, God knows, and God, uh, 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 it, it, I was getting ready to say it bothers God, but... Uh, it brings displeasure to God when you and I are not thankful and grateful to what he's provided for us. And all of that is nothing but a revelation of the dictates and the craving and the passion of our flesh. Now, I want to give you, going back to uh, yesterday, uh, talking about a disposition. And I want to read this scripture again uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 2. And verse twenty six. And it says, And they and they and that they may come to their senses. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. And escape the snare of the devil. And do what? Escape the snare of the devil. That has taken having been taken captive by him to do his will. So the only way that I can escape the snare of the devil, been taken captive, doing his will, but not conscious I'm doing his will. I don't realize I'm doing his will. That is the power of warfare against us. Is that I may come to my senses. Now, let's look at this. Let's break this thing down so you and I can understand. Now, you and I are born again of the Spirit. The Bible said that which is flesh is flesh and that which is spirit is spirit. That's what the Scripture says. So either one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to be walking in my spirit or I'm going to be walking in the strength of my flesh, or my soul. One or two things. Now, it's the devil's spirit. Spirit, yes. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that is heirs unto salvation? So the Bible called angels ministering spirits. Angels do not possess a body or soul. They're spirits. Only human beings possess a body, soul, and spirit. Now, angels are spirits. Human beings is not spirits. Angels don't have a soul. They don't have a body. We have a body and a soul and a spirit, but we are not a spirit. We have a spirit for what reason? That you and I can communicate and be contacted, or we can not contact it, or contact it, and we can contact the realm of God. That is why we have a spirit. Now, the purpose of me having a spirit, you having a spirit, is that for me to be influenced by that spirit, to live by the influence of that spirit. As I live by the influence of that spirit, I become spiritual. I don't become a spirit, I become spiritual. As I submit and yield to the influence of the leading of that spirit, my human spirit, where the Holy Spirit lives. 
Now, notice what the scripture says. Second Timothy 2, 26 again, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Now, the only way I can be taken captive, think about it. If man is a tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body, I talked yesterday about the engrafted word which is able to save my soul. My what? Soul. My spirit don't need to be saved. My soul needs to be saved. My spirit is already saved. And the purpose of my spirit being saved, because now my spirit can influence me or be the medium of influence by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses my human spirit to influence me. Uses my human spirit for me to be able to contact the Holy Spirit, to commune with the Holy Spirit. It's through the medium of my human spirit. So as I walk in the spirit, I become spiritual. I become a spiritual man. It is God's will that I become a spiritual man. Not positionally only, but actually. And how do I become a spiritual man? Actually, as James said it best, he that is a hearer of the word, and not a doer of the word, deceives his own self. So I'm self-deceived by hearing it, confessing it, preaching it, teaching it, but never do it. And when do you think the best time to do it? It's all the time, but when do you think the best time or the, the time that God will put the greatest demand on you and how to do the word? When we are being opposed by the enemy when we're being opposed by our flesh, when we're being opposed by carnality. That is the best time to do the word because now when I do it, the word of God is engrafted into my soul. I become now, my soul becomes saved. When my soul becomes saved, my soul now validates, confirms, what the word of God says in James, I'm like a natural man, a man as a hearer of the word, and not a doer of the words, like a natural man beholding his face in a mirror, and when he leave it, he forgetteth what manner of man, this knows what scripture says, what manner of man he was, not what manner of man he is. Read it, James chapter 1. What manner of man he was. So I can tell you all day that I am victorious. I can tell you all day that I'm more than a conqueror. I can tell you all day I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I can confess that all day until I do that. Notice the devil didn't deceive me. The Bible said I deceived myself. How many of us today have been deceived? Not by the devil. But we deceived ourselves. Give me an example. Just say Kathy and I got in a confrontation. And in my heart, I believe she's wrong. And the Spirit of God speaks to me and said, go tell your, ask your wife to forgive you. First thing that's all coming to my mind, that's the devil. Because she's the one that did this or said this. The Spirit of God said, go to her. And ask her to forgive you. Now, what is God trying to do? Why would the Spirit of God tell me that? Even though I think Kathy is wrong. Why do you think the Spirit of the living God would tell me to go have nothing to do with Kathy? Nothing to do with Kathy. By the mere fact the Spirit of God told me to do that, he's trying to get the Word of God to be engrafted so I can experience salvation of my soul. We make it so difficult. Then what happened is uh, the reason the majority of people don't do that because 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 6. Listen to this if you would, the Amplified Version. Everyone sees. No, 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 no. I did that yesterday. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. 
Now, I'm going to tell you how a stronghold operates and how a stronghold is developed. A stronghold is developed by some, a thought that entered my mind that I accepted as truth. And the moment that I act upon that word that I think I accepted as truth, that now becomes a stronghold. All belief systems is strongholds. All belief systems. My belief system empowers or disempowers me. I cannot, no human being can go beyond what they believe. God made us that way. That means uh, I have accepted something as truth and that's going to govern me. Remember the scripture we gave on, out yesterday in the book of Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, I like this one here, this translation. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And that means whatever I believed, I believe with my heart. I believe with my heart. And now the course of my life is set. It's set. I can confess all day long. It's what I believe. I already set the course. I already said it. Another translation be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts runs your life. Your thoughts determines or prophesies to you what your life is going to look like. Not God, not the devil, not your daddy, mama, brother, sister, nephew, niece, uncle, and aunt, not your pastor, your thoughts. Your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts tell you that you're going to be joyous or your thoughts tell you you're going to be oppressed. Your thoughts. So I have to guard my heart. I have to guard what I allow to enter into my heart and then because it's getting ready to set the course of my day. It's getting ready to set the course of this hour because I can change it. And the only way I can change my course is change my thoughts. That means uh, there have to be a greater thought that must override the thought that I accepted as truth. And it has to be the truth this time. <laughs> but let me finish this, 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 um, this verse of Scripture. But they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. What? The weapons of God. The weapons of God can demolish destroy strongholds, belief systems that I have embraced. You ever, you ever had a experience, and every, I believe all of us have, uh, some people call it an epiphany, uh, but it's a paradigm shift. It's, it's a, a real light comes, oh, man, I never saw it that way before. That is how a belief system is shifted. By a greater ray of light that comes, oh, i never seen it that way before. And, but i got to act upon it in order for it to become a positive stronghold. Let's go on, verse 5. Inasmuch as we refute arguments, that's the key right there. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, but what is the true knowledge of God? God said, go to Kathy. I ask her to forgive you. But now here's this reasoning. Well, I didn't do anything. I mean, I mean, why would I ask her uh, to forgive me when she's the one that initiated it? She's the one at fault. Uh, what am I? I'm arguing with who? God. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with, with with me. I'm arguing with God. And this argument that's going on on the inside of me is nothing but a revelation of my disposition, my belief system. And what God is trying to do, he's trying to alter my belief system. He's trying to get me to replace an erroneous belief system with the belief system of God. But I'm arguing with God. Notice what it says here. And as much as we refute arguments and theories, in reasoning, in every proud, proud, that pride thing is. Pride will never, never allow me to see myself the way God sees me. Pride is going to let me see myself as higher and bigger and greater, and everybody is, is wrong, and I am right. Pride is not going to let me see the truth about myself. 
every proud and lofty thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought. And we lead, we, we, we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. That's, that's my responsibility. So, so when these reasoning, these thoughts are hitting my mind, well, I'm not going. She the one. That's the devil talking to me. Why should, I, why should I go? That's pride. Pride don't want me to humble myself because pride, no, it's getting ready to be defeated. It's getting ready to get conquered. I'm getting ready. In other words, myself is going to look bad. I mean, I'm the head of this household. I'm the man. I'm the authority. Gonna make me look like I'm weak, but I can hurt to forgive me. Oh, you, are you hearing these reasonings? Are you hearing this pride? And what God is trying to do, God is trying to set me free. He's trying to liberate the real E.J. McKenzie. Unlocking and liberating the real you. Unlocking and liberating the real you. God is trying to unlock me and liberate me into experience who I really am. Oh, positionally, I am it. Positionally, I am free. Factual, I am a free man. But actual, I'm not a free man until I do something. If I hear this word and never do this word, I'm still free from a factual position. But actually, I'm incarcerated. And I'm deceived. I'm self-deceived. What the scripture says. I didn't say it. Scripture said it. I'm self-deceived because I refuse to go. Pride won't let me go. So I have a responsibility when all these thoughts, I, I got to pull down strongholds. I got to cast down imagination. See, what pride does, uh, pride makes me see everybody else at fault but me. Now, if I'm oppressed, if I'm depressed, and even though I didn't do a thing, and I'm oppressed and depressed, it should still show me something. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. That means I'm incarcerated. What is the fruit of the Spirit? This is not in order. Love, joy, peace, faith, temperance, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness. If I am not experiencing that, I'm experiencing the opposite of that at this present time, something is wrong. Either I'm engaged in warfare and don't realize I'm in warfare, that means the enemy has engaged me because he's in trying to incarcerate me, and how the enemy is engaging me, ladies and gentlemen, he's shooting thoughts to my mind. Every, uh, the initiation of all warfare starts in the mind with a thought. And what people don't understand about the demonic force, the, the, uh, um, not demonic forces, but uh, satanic agents, which is witches and warlocks, what you don't understand, there is thoughts that is projected 24-7 because they have assignments. They have assignments. Just like a lot of us are familiar with the prayer, um, the prayer watches. They have watches as well, ladies and gentlemen. They have assignment by the spirit guide that you are to project thoughts from this time to this time. You are uh, to come against this preacher, this 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 marriage, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand it has this nothing. This is not people. But every time I look at people and talk about people, uh, blaming this person for this and blaming this person for this, I missed it. I have missed it. The enemy has taken me captive, and the enemy is doing, got me doing his will, and I don't even realize it. I've been taken captive. Second Timothy 2.26 is not talking about demon spirits. It's talking about E.J. McKenzie being taken captive. It's not even talking about sinners. He's writing to the church. I've been taken captive, and I'm doing Satan's will. I become an instrument of Satan. And in the church, still go to church, still praise, still worship, still do my little spiritual ritual, do my morning devotion, get in my word, put my praise music on. We something else. <laughs> the, the, the devil got love us. 
and you think he care about you going to church and you even floating in the gifts of the Spirit, because the gifts of the Spirit, they still going to work. They still will work. But you're in bondage. And the person that you minister to, they're free. They're getting a blessing. But you, you're in bondage. You've been taken captive by Satan. And you're doing Satan's will. You said, you mean even when I prophesy to people, I'm doing Satan's will? Not necessarily. Oh, you can do spiritual things and not be spiritual. Perfect example of the Corinthian church. Man, they flew in the gifts of the spirit, but they weren't spiritual. Paul called them base. Paul, Paul called them carnal. So therefore, he manipulates. He's a master manipulator. A master manipulator. So the warfare, and think about it. Think about it. So the weapons of warfare, they are not carnal. They are not natural. They are not physical. They are not tangible. But the mighty God is pulling down the stronghold. Okay, then that means that if they are not natural, they are not carnal, they are not physical, they've got to be spiritual. So the only way I can pull down strongholds and deal with it, engage the enemy, it's got to be how? Only, please listen, only through my human spirit. But if I've been taken captive, <laughs> I cannot engage the enemy. I can say I bind you. I can say I rebuke you. I'm saying the right thing. But I'm not saying it from my spirit that's incarcerated. My spirit has been taken captive. You say, you mean to tell me that the, how can the devil capture your spirit? God lives in your spirit. Easy. Because your spirit have no access to your soul, your mind. So your spirit is bound. And not only your spirit is bound, but remember in the word of the Lord what Paul talks about, that we need to be cleansed from the filthiness of the flesh and the filthiness of the spirit? That's what he says. Here it is again, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize once again. This is phone uh, um, uh, interrupting me at the same time every night. So, so he said. So, so my spirit can, well, the Holy Spirit can be contaminated. Paul says it: filthiness of the spirit and filthiness be cleansed from the filthiness of the spirit and the filthiness of the flesh. The enemy's ultimate goal is to bind my spirit, for my spirit have no access to my soul, and then manifest itself through my physical body. Only spirits can deal with spirits. And that's why so many people experience so much satanic and demonic backlashes in doing spiritual warfare. Because they are doing warfare while their spirit is bound. Their human spirit is incarcerated. They've been taken captive by Satan, and they're trying to, they're trying to bind Satan when they've been, they're bound, and they don't know they're bound. He is the hearer of the word, not the doer of the word, deceive his own self. Self-deceived. So I'm saying, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind you in the name of Jesus, but I got unforgiveness. I'm bound. I'm bound. Satan, I bind you. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus. But yet, I just lied on somebody. I'm bound. Pull down strongholds. Cast down imaginations. I got to, I got to keep E.J. McKenzie liberated. How do I do that? Only. It's only one way. I can't set myself free. It's only the Holy Spirit, me submitting and yielding to the Holy Spirit, me obeying. Me obeying. Me obeying. The Spirit of the living God. If you live in the Spirit, Paul says in Galatians, if you live, he said, you, you need to also walk in the Spirit. Walk. Walk. Who's going to walk in the Spirit? No. The soul is walking by the influence of the Spirit. We've already been positioned in the spirit when we were born again. Now I need to walk it out. I must yield my will to the will of the spirit of God who lives in my human spirit. Are we getting this, ladies and gentlemen? I pray to God that this is helping you. Because we, we, we are masters at quoting scriptures, but we're not masters at living it. Know why? Because we're so sensitive. We're still flesh. We're still governed by what we see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, 
this is not an indictment against you. I'm talking to all of us Christians. I get challenged. As a matter of fact, I was talking to uh, this same young man today. I was at the office today, and uh, I went ahead and, and sat down with this young man and, and, and began to talk with him. I said, you know what fascinates me about you all? I look at you. I said, I look at you guys, how you all operate. I said, <laughs> it's amazing. I said, the way you all function with me, like, I don't get attacked. Like, the devil don't bombard me. I said, it's amazing to me. I said, you know why y'all feel like the devil don't bombard me? Because I don't walk around like you all do. Oh, you know, when you pray for me, the devil bombard my mind. I said, <laughs> I said, thank, I said you, you need to think. If I am a husband and father, I'm a head of my family. I'm the head of Panorama Christian Center. I'm the head of DOMA. And, 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 and I'm ahead in areas of business on business. I said, don't you understand that the devil going to hit me first, type me first and harder? I said, the, the reason, I said, you, I said, nobody have really seen me walk around like that. And it's not because that I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to impress somebody. I said, this thing is real to me. God is real to me. Either he, I, listen, I have to do warfare before I step out of the house. I can't come up into the ministry all oppressed and depressed. I can't come up into the church all oppressed and depressed because me being the head is going to fall on everybody else. I got to fight. There's times I get up early in the morning, very early, and I'm doing spiritual warfare all night long, keeping E.J. McKenzie free. Taking a photo of the powers of darkness been, been assigned to that to bombard my mind. It's powers of darkness uh, to try to bring the spirit of oppression upon me. Not so in Jesus' mighty name. I take authority over you. I break your dominion influence. You have absolutely no right to me. I am dead to sin and alive to God. My spirit is dead to sin. My soul is dead to sin. My mind is dead to sin. My heart is dead to sin. My body is dead to sin. And my spirit is alive to God. My soul is alive to God. My heart is alive to God. My mind is alive to God. My body is alive to God. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have absolutely no right to me. Jesus is my atonement. Jesus is the propitiation of my sin. I break your dominion and influence. I command you to go now in Jesus' mighty name. I didn't mean to go that route, but I felt the stirring. That's, that's, I have to. I walk in battle, and sometimes I walk outside two and three o'clock in the morning where everybody sleep, and make sure because sometimes advertisements my voice carries uh, to want to wake my family up and taking authority over the forces of darkness trying to manipulate me and try to lie to me about what God said. You got to take hold of your Canaan land. You got to lay hold of your possession. Forget about stuff and things. You got to take hold of your spirit. You got to take hold of your mind and say, My mind belongs to the Lord. My mind has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You cannot command every satanic and demonic and fleshly thought that's been assigned and projected against my mind. I drive you out now in Jesus' name. By the finger of God. You got to get downright indignant with that devil. Because he knows and understands, if I can just get you to accept one of those thoughts, one of my lies, if I can just get you to believe one of my lies about yourself, you are no good. You will never make it. You will never amount to anything. Oh, oh, yeah. What God said to you, <laughs> it will never come to pass. It's been five years already. If, if God was going to do it, why haven't he did it? Now, uh, did it? Is it because most likely you sin? Remember, you sin. No, I don't remember anything. You didn't know how to talk to the devil. I don't remember anything. Oh, you you remember what? I don't remember anything. Now, now, tell me what you're talking about because I don't remember nothing. God don't remember anything. Go go tell God to bring it to my remembrance. Since you said I did something, go tell God, the Holy Spirit, to speak it to me, to remind me of what I did. He can't do that because the Holy Spirit can't remember nothing. Because the Father has thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, and the Father don't remember it no more. And the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. You need to learn how to do battle against the devil. It's been assigned to you. You aren't the man of God. You aren't the woman of God. Not the Father has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to be. You got to believe it. 
It does God no good in believing it. It does God no good. The reason God believes because he's spoken it. What God believes about you has been prophesied over your life. What God believes about you has been spoken over your life. What God believes about you has been written in his word. But it does God no good to believe it. You got to believe it. That's when God began to do something. His hand is tied until you begin to believe it. His hand is tied until you, you believe what he said. Well, I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm a man of God. I don't feel like a woman of God. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Then you need to walk by faith and not by your feelings. You need to walk by faith and not by your emotions. You tell your feelings and your emotions, I bring you subject now. Remember in the word of the Lord, David says, so why are you despising me? He's talking to his soul. So why are you disquieting me? You got to talk to your soul. So why are you disquieting me? So, so, rejoice. So I come in, rejoice. You speak to your soul, tell your soul to rejoice, then you start rejoicing. Oh, Father, I worship, I magnify, I glorify you, Father, the Most High God. Ah, I worship the Sovereign God. I worship the Most High God. I worship the faithful God, the covenant-keeping God, the keeping covenant for a thousand generations. Lord God, I thank and I praise you for your sovereignty. I thank and I praise you for your great love towards me, your loving kindness and your tender mercy towards me. I don't feel like it, but when you start, listen, when you command your soul to praise God and you, out of act of your will, start praising him, your soul must. Praise him. And I guarantee the Holy Ghost will come in and quicken your soul, quicken your mind, quicken your heart. Guaranteed. The Spirit of the living God will come in and begin to lift your soul up out of the muck and the mire, out of the state of depression and oppression. Ladies and gentlemen, the only reason you get oppressed, any of us, the only reason any of us get oppressed any of us get depressed, it's because the devil has uh, tempted you and I to focus on something that is threatening our lives, threatening our destiny, threatening our marriages, threatening our children, our jobs, our business, our finances, and we believe that foolishness. And you become oppressed. Notice what the word of the Lord says, ladies and gentlemen. In Philippians chapter 4, and verse, what's that? I think it's eight. Yes. Finally, finally, brethren, whatsoever things is lovely, just kind, pure, they've been the virtue, they've been the praise. Think, think on these things. Think, think on these. Think on these. Not the lie of the devil. Think on these. Whatsoever lovely, just kind, pure, truth. What is truth? You the head and not the tail. What is truth? You are forgiven. What is truth? You are a man of God. What is truth? You are a woman of God. What is truth? You are an excellent husband. What is truth? You are an excellent wife. What is truth? You are excellent parents. What is truth? That's truth. Will you believe the truth? Will you believe the truth about you? I know it's difficult because you've been you you were born of the flesh. And you've been living in your flesh when your mother conceived you, brought you forth, even though you've been born again, but the majority of us born again still has been dominated and controlled and influenced them, and we make decisions by what we see, hear, smell, taste, and feel because we don't know how to wait on God. We, uh, I won't say no how. Well, I can say don't know how to wait on God. To wait on God is to wait on the Spirit to move in us. We wait on the Spirit to move in us. We're on the Spirit to prompt us. We're on the, we wait to get information from the Spirit. So the enemy takes us captive, ladies and gentlemen. He takes us captive to do Satan's will, and the way he takes us captive uh, is by suppressing, uh, binding our human spirit. Can't bind the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is bound for the separation of the Holy Spirit lives in your human spirit. So if I can bind your human spirit, he can't do it directly, indirectly. We really bind it by believing the lie, yielding to our flesh. The more I yield to my flesh, then my spirit man is incarcerated. And watch this right here. And we begin to understand spiritual warfare. Please listen to the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And when we try to engage in spiritual warfare... 
You only can deal with spirits. You only can deal with demons. You only can deal with anything in the realm of the spirit only by your human spirit. You, only, you can't even deal with God. You can't communicate with God. You can't talk to God out of your flesh. He, 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 it don't work. The reason you and I have a human spirit is to contact God, to commune with God, to fellowship with God. That's why we're born again of the spirit. So what reason? So we can commune and fellowship with God. But think about it. If the devil has taken me captive, I'm still trying to do spiritual things. I still pray. I still read. I can get an intellectual. I can be intellectually stimulated. I can be intellectually stimulated. And I can call that revelation, ladies and gentlemen, there is absolutely no biblical revelation that comes from the mind. No biblical revelation comes from the mind. Revelation only comes from the the Holy Spirit through your human spirit. Only. Only. But if you, as a person that is highly developed, highly developed intellectually, you can draw some things out of the scripture from your soul power. And it never comes from the Holy Spirit. It never comes from the Holy Spirit. Because you've been taken captive in doing Satan's will. But I'm trying to bind the enemy. And I'm bound myself. My prayer to God is, my prayer to God is for all of us. Lizzie, I'm doing this, I'm doing a teaching on the anatomy of man. Uh, all of you uh, 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 get this series. It will be a help to you. It will be a blessing to you because it breaks down the function of the spirit, soul, and body. And understand, uh, and we did we did a, uh, did one series, the characteristics of carnality. If you don't get any get any of the message, get that one though. That that series there, I think it's maybe a two or three part series, uh, with a, it's a whole set. But uh, it was I think two or three messages dealing with the characteristics of carnality from the Corinthian church. Uh, God brought some very powerful things out. And, and gave me some things uh, that we were able to identify what carnality looked like. And one of the things, ladies and gentlemen, when you talk about carnality, you a person that is carnal is always influenced and controlled by what they see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. Always. A person that is uh, carnal is an individual that is always governed by their emotions. They have not come to the place that they know how to bring their emotions subject uh, to the influence of the Holy Spirit. And they, and they can do the right thing even when they don't feel it. See, it's not about feeling it. The majority of times I do the right thing, they don't, it's not because I feel it. The majority of times when I do the right thing concerning my wife, it's not because I feel it. The times I have to forgive my wife, it's not because I felt like forgiving her. You do the right thing because it's the word of God, and not because the word of God. Let, let me let me let me make it clear to you. You do it because you love God. You do the word because you love God. I forgive my wife because I love God. I forgive my children because I love God. I forgive everybody that set themselves against me because I love God. For Him to bring pleasure to Him. This is how this thing works, ladies and gentlemen. When you do it for your wife, it ain't going to work. When you do it for your husband, it's not going to work. When you do it for anybody else, it's not going to work. And it will not be lasting. Because when you do it, when you forgive your spouse for them, then you're going to want them to forgive you for them. Well, I forgave you. Why are you, why, why are you struggling forgiving me? Because it's always payback. You labored. You didn't do it out of faith. You didn't forgive out of faith. You forgave out of works. And anytime you do anything out of work, you want there's always going to be a demand for payback. That lets you know if it's carnal. That lets you know if you're carnal. That lets you know if you're spiritual. When you're spiritual, you do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. But when it's carnal, you do it for pay. You just you just worked, and you're looking for wages back. So I'm going to forgive Kathy, and there's a day that's going to come. She's going to do something and struggle with forgiving me. Well, wait, hold it. How, I, well, how is it that you're you struggling forgiving me? And look how I forgave you. What, what is that? 
You're looking for a paycheck. I, 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 I labored. I worked. Now, I demand a paycheck. I demand you to forgive me because I forgave. Isn't Satan good? Oh, he's good. Oh, he's real good. And that's a revelation that I've been taken captive by Satan to do his will because Satan's entrance is the flesh. He manipulates the flesh to get me to be carnal. He don't care if I'm born again as long as I'm carnal. A carnal man is the most dangerous man upon the face of the earth, not a sinner, because everybody knows a sinner is a sinner. But a Christian that's calling themselves a Christian that is operating like the natural man is a carnal man. He's still living the strength of his flesh, but yet he's born again. So that's what makes him dangerous because people say, you're saved. But he's living like a mere man, natural man. Are you, are you seeing this thing, ladies and gentlemen? My wife made a statement to me when I was doing this teaching on the anatomy man. She said, wow, seeing like, man, who, how many people saved? See, man, listen to these people here. Who's saved? But when we look down to the real nitty-gritty, a lot of people saved, but they're not living salvation. They're not experiencing salvation. That's why they're saved positionally because of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross and because of what Jesus did when he rose from the dead and because of what Jesus accomplished when he ascended on high and what Jesus accomplished by sitting on the right hand of the Father. That's positionally. The power is no good by being positionally saved. The Holy Spirit's job is to lead me to experiencing my salvation. Setting E.J. McKenzie, e. McKenzie, experiencing the liberation of E.J. McKenzie. And the way he does that, ladies and gentlemen, is painful. It don't, it don't come without pain. And, and, and I don't understand why do you and I think that this thing is without pain. <laughs> it is impossible. It's impossible for you and I to grow in spiritual things and spiritual matters without pain. It is impossible. The people that I have experienced the greatest level of pain from is the people that God has assigned to me. The person that I experienced a great level of pain from has been my wife and Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown, my spiritual father. I've experienced a great level of pain from him before I married Kathy. And I have experienced a great level of pain from Kathy. And Kathy has experienced a great level of pain from me. Because of our high expectations. But the power is not the pain. The power is how do I manage the pain? How do I make the adjustment? How do I allow the pain to work in me? How do I allow the pain to perfect me? How do I allow the pain to bring me to a place of maturity? Anybody ever went to the gym the first time you went to the gym? The next day you woke up, you felt pain, very sore. So God is trying to trying to increase our spirituality, spiritual muscles, so we experience pain. Ladies and gentlemen, this this is the most wonderful thing that you and I ever can come to the place that when we experience pain, we can just start praising and worshiping and magnifying God. When we experience opposition, we can start praising and worship and magnifying. It's powerful. Well, we'll come to another conclusion today. I pray that you got something out of this. You was encouraged by this, and I pray that you would take these principles and you, when we get off this line, get off the, you go warring. You start, take your spirit back, take your soul back, take your body back, take your marriage back, take your children back, take your destiny back, take your position in Christ back, and ask God to forgive for the yielding to the lies of the devil. Ladies and gentlemen, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you do not want to miss this. Bring the sick, bring everyone that is challenged. This is a uh, encounter, a supernatural encounter meeting. We will encounter the spirit of the living God. I'm going to say again. We shall encounter the spirit of the living God. He's coming to set us free that we can walk in our liberty. Invite your family and friends out. That's Friday night, 730. Saturday is 4 o'clock and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And Sunday, an uh, hour and a half, uh, Sunday evening, we'll be doing uh, ex executing the prophetic presbytery. Those that desire prophetic presbytery, you must go online. You must register. Go to EJMPCC.com. Click the link. That says prophetic presbytery, and we will be speaking into your life. I'm really looking forward to God revealing his heart and his mind unto you. 
I'm looking forward to God revealing your destiny unto you. We've got some powerful people that's been activated prophetically and have a tremendous prophetic flow. You don't want to miss this. Until tomorrow, God bless you.